0: Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, we're going to utilize this verse to uh, kick us off into this uh, final uh, message of our uh, stewardship series. Again, we've discussed a number of topics uh, throughout the last uh, three weeks. And uh, we talked about being stewards of the faith and stewards of God's finances, stewards of the family. And uh, now we want to talk about being stewards of our future. Stewards of our future. Basically, we want to discuss time today and being a good steward of it. So let's go ahead, beginning in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. We read this statement concerning stewards. The Bible simply says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Throughout the course of our study, we've understood and have learned that a steward is one that does not possess anything of his own, he owns nothing. He or she owns nothing at all, except what they are and what they do is simply, simply manage the possessions, manage the substance of their king, or of that person in which has uh, that person who has extended that stewardship to them. So what we find here in and uh, 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 stewardship is that people are given something, and they're to be responsible for it. And we find that God has entrusted some things into our watch care. We noted, like I said already, we noted our families and our finances, and we even considered the faith itself. And we said God gave those to us. There's really nothing that is actually ours. It's just simply on loan to us. We're merely stewards of it. Our purpose and our goal is not to... We can't say that it's ours to spend or to use as we choose. It's really His, and we are to manage it. We're to to, to uh, take good care of it. And we're to spend it and use it as only the Master Himself would. And so we're stewards of those things, and so we're very careful, or ought to be careful, in how we utilize them. So, as we talked about that, we moved along, and today we come to this place where we're stewards of God's time. And what we're basically saying is that God gives us, as a gift, time. It's ours only in that He's extended it to us. We do not have a right to spend our time as we choose. We don't have a right to say it's my time. It's really God's time on loan to you and I today. And we are required as stewards of that time to use it for God's glory. And so today we want to consider our future. Being good stewards of God's future or our future. Because it's really something God has extended to us. And so without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Before we do, let's have a word of prayer and we'll move along. Father, thank you for these that have gathered this morning. We are grateful people today. We're thankful, Father, for just the salvation that's ours, for the the hope of heaven. Lord, for the home that we have in heaven one day. Now, Lord, bless us this morning. May you fill me with your spirit. May I say only those things which will please you. And Father, may you bless your people today. May our hearts be stirred. May we be truly moved and motivated for your glory and honor. Lord, we do not wish to, Father, somehow uh, uh, just go through the motions today. We really want you to speak to us and to make a difference in our life. May we look at time differently after today. And may we understand and realize that it simply borrowed. It's really just ours on loan because it's truly yours and we're just stewards of it. Well, thank you in Christ's name. Amen. So let's jump right in. First of all, we are stewards of our future. Being stewards of our future. First of all, time is a constant. Time is a constant. In the book of Psalm, chapter 90, verse 10, the Bible says the days of our years are three score and ten and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Again, he says, the days of our years are three score years and ten. Let's just assume that each of us would live for 70 years. Some of you have already exceeded the expectation. But, and you're not even really in this message yet, obviously. Some of you are just, Really? Yes, you've exceeded the expectation. I'm sure if we had a raise of hand, there's some of you that have exceeded 70 years already. You've beat the odds. These are God's odds. Do you realize that? Now, I mean, a young person says, well, I'm not living on borrowed time. That old guy is. But that's not true. We're all living really on borrowed time. It's God's time. But I'm just saying, if we had 70 years, and he says three score years and ten, the days of our years are three score years and ten. And if for some crazy reason of strength they beforescore, he says, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So let's assume for a minute that we all have 70 years. Of course, we know that's not the case, but let's just assume it is. That would mean that you would experience seven decades of life. You'd have 70 years, 840 months, 3,640 weeks, 25,550 days. You'd have 613,200 hours and 36,792,000 minutes. That's what you have to live. If you're 30 years old, however, today, 30 years old, at least 30, And let's say you had 40 years left, you'd only have 480 months, uh, 2,080 weeks, 14,600 days, and 350,400 hours. But every time you jump here a little bit, it seems like we're losing time much quicker. When you turn to 40, you only have 30 years left, that's 360 months. I mean, there are people that have house loans that are that long. So if you're 40, you have 30 years left. That's 360 months, 1,560 weeks, 10,950 days, 262,800 hours. If you're 50 today, you only have 20 years left, 240 months of life. 1,040 weeks, 7,300 days, 175,200 hours. Now, before we go any further, let's not forget that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. I mean, that means that no, no matter what your age is, you may be taking your last breath as we speak. And I know sometimes we get the idea that I have plenty of time, and I'm in good health, and I'm strong. I recently watched a documentary on a young man that was a basketball player, and he was going to be the number one pick in the draft. And he died right on the court after making a tremendous slam dunk. I mean, his whole life was ahead of him. It seemed that he had nothing but prospect. That final dunk, a few wobbly steps into the hardwood he went, and then either to heaven or hell. See, there's only one time in the Bible that I see that time ever stood still. It's in the book of Joshua, chapter 10. We read, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jaser? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it. That the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. A great battle was taking place, and in order for the people of God to have the victory that God intended, He literally held things up. He allowed for the sun to shine. And a great victory was wrought that day, but it never happened again. See, you can't hope that time will stand still for you, or even be extended by even a millisecond. As a matter of fact, if you feel like there isn't enough time in the day now, during the tribulation, if you happen to be here, I want you to know the days will be shortened. He says in Matthew 24, 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be safe. but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. There'll be a group of Israelites running around preaching the gospel, the gospel of, of, of the return of Christ and... They're going to, the days will actually be shortened, otherwise they wouldn't be able to endure it even. It'd be so horrible in those days. But for our day, our time, where we are today, there's no slowing down or speeding up or extension of time at all. It is constant. And it never changes in this life. If you had a bank account that credited your account each morning with $86,000, I like that. That 86000 carried over no balance from day to day. It allowed you to keep no cash in your account. And every evening it canceled whatever part of the amount you failed to use during the day. What would you do? I don't know about you. I'd draw it every single cent every day. And I'd use it to my advantage. If I was getting that kind of money, I'd think I might even have an Armani suit on. I mean, what's the difference? Eighty-six thousand tomorrow morning. I'd have a new car. I'd be giving things away. People would love me. I mean, you already do, of course. <laughs> you know what? You do have such a bank. And its name is time. Every morning it credits you with 86,400 seconds. Every night it rules off, as lost, whatever you failed to invest in. It carries over no balances, it allows no overdrafts. Each day it opens a brand new account with 86,400. If you use today's deposits, tomorrow you'll have them back. But if you fail to use them all, it's your loss. There's no going back. There's no drawing against tomorrow. You know we're quick to say, aren't we? Things like, you know, you have more time for that sort of thing than I do. You're lucky. You've got time to do this or time to do that. I wish I had time to do that. You know, we'll say things like that to each other or to other people. But the truth is, that's not really honest. Everybody has the same amount of time. It's constant. See, what you do with that time determines what you'll accomplish. And as we fill our schedules, the day seems to get shorter and shorter, doesn't it? I mean, it's kind of like that new house or that apartment that you moved into. Remember how big it looked when you first rolled in there and unloaded a few pieces of little furniture from your one bedroom apartment and you went wow this house is so large man we got all kind of room in this baby matter two or three months are gone it's not very large anymore where's all this stuff coming from i remember when we first moved in it seemed like we had all the room in the world and now we just kind of Make do with what we have. That's the way it is with time. Boy, you start filling up that schedule; it seems like the day gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Do not have time to turn around? Well, you have the same amount of time as your neighbor, same amount of time as your friend, same amount of time as your family member, your loved one, same amount of time as your preacher, your boss. Your president. Same amount of time. Question is, what will you use your time for? Every day, there's 24 hours. Every day, 1,440 minutes. Every day, 86,400 seconds. That's a constant. What will you do with that 1,440 minutes each day? And don't forget that you'll likely sleep between six and eight hours, so that only leaves you about a thousand minutes each day. See, time waits for no one. It's a constant. Talking about being stewards of our time. Everybody in the room has the exact same amount of time, so there's no excuses. But you don't understand, preacher, I don't have time for... Wait a second. You have the same amount of time as everyone else. It's a constant. Number two, it's a commodity. Time is a commodity. See, time is more valuable than anything you possess. Name anything that you have that would be valuable without time. You can't do it, can you? You say, I got my family. Without time, it does no good. But I have money or finances. Or do you no good if you have no time. But I, I enjoy my friends. We have a great... No time. Friends mean nothing. But my... I have a... For you don't understand. I've got a top-notch education. No time. Serves no purpose. But I have talent and abilities. You don't have time to express those talents and abilities. What's the point? Again, time is the one commodity that you cannot purchase more of, and you can't do without. Without time, nothing else matters. You can purchase food, clothes, friends. Yes, friends. They're not the best of friends, but they'll hang out with you. You can purchase items of all sorts, but you cannot purchase time. There's no time broker. It is a commodity and it's constant. We all have the same amount. And it is also a gift from God. Every day that you live is a gift that God gives you. And what you do with that time for God is a gift to him if it's used for him. Every waking moment today is precious. And to be cherished. I tell you what, life's too short to be miserable all the time. It's just downright too short. I mean, it's just too short to fight with my wife constantly, to bang heads with my kids, to argue with the boss. It's just too short to have pet peeves that cause me to dislike people or not like this person or that one, or to spend time gossiping or running people down. I ain't got time like that. I don't have time to waste. It's a commodity. It's the most valued commodity I possess. More valuable than my wife is my time. Because without time, I have no value for her. She does me no good if I can't spend time with her. More valuable than my children is time. More valuable than this church is time. And honestly... If I had no time, God would do me no good. But I have eternity. Because I'm saved. And by the way, if you're not saved, God will do you no good one day. Because all you'll have is time, but no God. See, the worst part about a place called the Lake of Fire is not the fire. It's the absence of God. There'll be no love there. No consideration. Although be as heartache, pain, and suffering, and woe. God help us to understand. We better settle that one. More time. I read this. It's... Pretty good. It says more time is wasted, not in hours, but in minutes. It says a bucket with a small hole in the bottom gets just as empty as a bucket that's deliberately kicked over. He said, but I don't waste a lot of time. How many minutes here and there do we waste? This gift of time is ours. From God, on loan, we're stewards of it. How valuable is time to you and I? I must admit, I waste time. And every once in a while, the Lord gets a hold of me and says, Why would you waste such a valuable gift? More impressive, or should I say more important, is that gift of time than that voice I've given you, than those abilities I've given you, than that health I've given you. Doesn't matter how healthy you are, if you have no time, it does you no good. He says over in the book of Psalm, chapter 90, verse 9 For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. He says, Your life's like a story, a book. chapter 90 verse 12 he goes on to say so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom boy to number our days you know when i was going through all those numbers earlier some of you were probably like all right we get the point we got it you don't need to keep stating all the numbers well we ought to number our days the bible says Every day we need to wake up and think that's one less day that I get to spend on earth influencing others for Christ, making a difference for eternity. That's one less day that I have to reach a soul that's going to burn in hell and stand before God and give an account. I'm going to give an account for every moment that I spend on this earth. And He's going to stand before me and I'm going to stand before Him. And he's going to basically just simply ask, What would you do? With your time. In a lifetime, the average American will spend six months sitting at stoplights. Isn't that neat? There's a few of them in the city that will take a lot more of my life away than that. The average American will spend eight months opening junk mail. This survey was taken before they talked to me. One year, listen to this, they'll spend one year looking for misplaced objects. I think most of that time is spent after the age of 45, but it says a lifetime in the, in, in the lifetime of an average American, uh, excuse me, they'll spend two years unsuccessfully returning phone calls. Now, this is an older survey. I guarantee it's worse than that now. The average American will spend four years doing housework. Not a week. (laughs) I got over on that one. You guys are really envious right now, aren't you? And some of you women are really angry. But anyway, moving on. Love me anyway. Be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Please bear with me. Moving on. The lifetime the average American will spend five years waiting in line. They obviously haven't been to Cedar Point. And the average American will spend six years eating. Isn't that amazing? Hey, listen, everything is a time investment. Everything is. Time is precious, therefore we must use it wisely. I read about a gentleman who had went into a bookstore. He said, what's the price of that book? He'd been kind of dawdling around for about an hour, looking through some of the books. It happened to be Benjamin Franklin's newspaper establishment. He had some books for sale. The gentleman said, $1. "One One dollar is all the book costs. One dollar. Can't you take less than that?" "Nope. One dollar is the price," said the clerk. The would-be purchaser looked over the books on sale a while longer, and then he said, "Is Mr. Franklin in?" The clerk replied, "Well, yes. He's he's very busy in the in the press room, however." Well, I want to see him. So the gentleman called the proprietor, and when he got there to the room, the man said, What's the lowest price, Mr. Franklin, that you'll take for one of these books, for this book right here, this one right here? He said, I'll take a dollar and a quarter. A dollar and a quarter? Your clerk just told me it was only a dollar just a minute ago. He said, That's true, but... I could have better afforded to take a dollar then to leave my work. The man seemed kind of surprised, but wishing to gain a bargain, he demanded, well, come on now, Just, just tell me your lowest price for this book. A dollar and a half, replied Benjamin Franklin. A dollar and a half? You just told me, I mean, it wasn't seconds ago, you said it was a dollar and a quarter. Franklin coolly, calmly, simply said, And I could better have taken that price than a dollar and a half now. Time is money. The man silently laid the money on the counter, took his book and left the store. I think he learned a very important lesson. From a very good master in the art of translating time into either wealth or wisdom, Benjamin Franklin. Listen, we waste so much time. Listen, you you go ahead and enter into a contract to buy a house. You have just signed on the dollar line to spend time paying for it. You will spend 20, 25, or 30 years paying for that house. He said, No, it's just about money. It's about time. Every decision is a time decision. Time is a commodity. And finally, last but not least, time is a challenge, or should I say a choice. It's a choice, really. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, let's look over there very quickly if you have your Bible. It won't be much longer, but notice it says in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15, we'll read just two verses. We're admonished by the Apostle to walk circumspectly. Notice what he says here. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. He's saying, keep your eyes open. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. So what's that mean? Well, when you redeem something, you buy it back. Let me ask you something. Um, How many years did you throw away, waste, before you got saved? How many years did you give to the devil? I think you might have to redeem some time. How many years after you've been saved, have you allowed your spiritual life to wilt? fail to grow as Christ commands? Effectively be used as a tool in His hand. I think maybe we need to redeem some time. We can't purchase anymore, But we can do in this little amount what, we, what would have taken us a lifetime. See, I'm confident. I believe in this. I believe that God deserves everything I have. See, I don't have anything without Him. My health is a direct result of God's grace. Every breath I take is the grace of God. Every good thing in my life is the grace of God. To take what is perceived as mine is nothing less than pure selfishness after what God has done for me. To tell God that I'm going to use my health, my wealth, my talents, my abilities for my glory, for my purposes, for my dreams, for my goals, is nothing less than pure ungratitude. We live in such an ungrateful culture and society, don't we? We look at those teenagers and young people and we say, they're so ungrateful. Don't they know I put a roof over their head, clothes on their back, and food in their belly? That ungrateful little woman, little girl, little boy, I can't stand that ungratefulness. You ought to have an attitude of gratitude, young man, young lady. You ought to be grateful and thankful for what you Have them at your disposal and quit whining to me about that little room. You're lucky you have a room at all. We say things like that. Well, then maybe sometimes we don't, we just think them. Because we don't have the guts to say them. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so honest. But let me tell you something. Do you really think that the God of heaven deserves any less gratitude than we do? Do you think He's provided any less than we have to our children? Let's be honest. He's given us far more than we could ever give to our kids. How much sorer punishment do we deserve for being ungrateful than our kids do even? A generation of ungrateful people Sadly enough, they're learning it from someone. And unfortunately, at times, it may even seem as though it's the children of God they're learning it from. But let's get back to time. We only have 24 hours of it. It's a constant. It's a commodity. You know, the value of time is underlined in emphasis by corporate America. Scores of books, CDs, tapes, videos, websites are even devoted to that most important topic. Time management is a skill that corporations have spent billions of dollars instructing their employees and executives in. Optimal output is the goal that businesses seek and they strive for continually. According to a new survey by American Online and Salary.com, the average worker admits to wasting about 2 hours, 2.09, so 2.1 hours, 2.1 hours per 8-hour workday. Can you imagine that? Two hours—that's quarter, 25% of their time. They waste two hours per 8-hour workday. And that doesn't include, obviously, their lunch breaks, scheduled break times, things like that. Two hours a day wasted. The poll indicates that employees are wasting about twice as much time as their employers expected. Salary.com calculated that employers spend $759 billion a year on salaries for which real work was expected, but not actually performed. That sounds like a bailout number. One year we could save $759 billion if we would all work instead of taking a break. What were the top three time wasters in the workplace? Well, let me tell, tell you. Number one, surfing the Internet. Personal use, of course. Personal use, surfing the Internet. 44.7% they claim. The, the next top one. Was socializing with coworkers at 23.4%. And then conducting personal business at 68 So the top two almost encompassed three quarters, almost two, two, two thirds, three quarters, surfing the internet, socializing with coworkers. So see how we spend time as a choice. But remember no matter how regretful you are about Time wasted or time spent, there's no getting it back. You can make a bad investment, you'll recover. You can make a hasty purchase and you can rebound, but waste time, you'll never get it back. How are you going to use your time? Will you spend it on temporal things or eternal things? Will you invest it in the future or only in the immediate? Will you determine to focus your energies and your time on those people and things that are the most important to God? It's your choice, isn't it? It's God's gift to you. It's called time. You may spend time, God's gift of time to you. Pursuing pleasure. Climbing the corporate ladder or involved in hobbies and personal interests. You may spend God's gift of time by earning money or traveling or maybe acquiring comforts. And then again, you may may spend God's gift of time growing spiritually. Involved in ministry and investing in eternity. You, you may spend it by sharing your faith with family, your friends, and others. Attending church and training your children in the faith. You may spend God's gift of time by giving yourself to others. Enjoying God's blessings of home, family, and loved ones. And investing in a legacy for tomorrow. It's up to you. You know what? I, I've talked to a number of people on their deathbeds. I have yet in all my years, met anybody on their deathbed that regretted giving their life to Christ and investing their time in the work of the Lord. I've never done it. I've often stood over a man or a woman that only had moments before they'd closed their eyes in death. Eternity was simply within reach. And I would look into their eyes and I would say, it's for this moment We spent our days and years serving the Lord. Is it all worth it now? I've never had one say, you know what, preacher? I just wish that I'd have drank one more beer. I just wish I'd have used one more cuss word. I just wish I would have... Looked at one more dirty magazine. Never had that happen. They always say, shake their head usually. And often there's a tear that comes up their eye. Several years ago, a newspaper told how a new Navy jet fighter had shot itself down. It was flying at supersonic speeds, and it ran into the cannon shells that it had fired only seconds before. And it caught up. The jet was just traveling too fast. You know what? You know you're traveling too fast if you don't have time to worship God in church services. If you don't have time to read your Bible, if you don't have time to meet and pray with the Lord, if you don't have time to share your life with family. You're traveling too fast. And if you're neglecting any of these things, you'd be wise to slow down. Because you're not going to be able to hear the voice of God either. You won't know the will of God. You certainly won't be involved in the work of God. Every one of us will run out of time. And every one of us will give an account for how we spend our time. The time that God so graciously gifted us. How are you using your time? Is it for God and good? I hope it is. Because in the end, we'll give that account. It's a constant. It's a commodity and it's a choice. Use it wisely for God. Whatever time you have. As we close, do you realize that time's going to cease one day? In Revelation twenty two, five he says this and there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Well, I tell you what, heaven's going to be a great place. No night. You know, what, you know why there's no night because there's no end of day. Time ceases. Where you are when time ceases is where you will be for eternity. Will it be in heaven or will it be in hell? Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. You may not have tomorrow. I beg you to be saved today, to settle your soul's salvation, to know that heaven's your home, that God's your Father, that you're part of the family of God. Be prepared when time ceases. And as believers, be prepared when we give an account for the time God has gifted us. Father, we thank You. Thank You for this time we've had together. We ask, Lord, You'd bless now these next couple of moments. We thank You for Your grace and goodness. Now, Father, bless us. Help us. Lord, in this place there may be those that are without Christ, that have yet to receive and accept Him as Savior and Lord. I pray that they would trust You today, that they would not leave here gambling that they have another day left, another week, another month, for that is simply a gamble. And we know that gambling is not something you're pleased with. You want everyone to receive the gift of a sure thing, Your Son, an eternal life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just simply ask this you died, are you 100% sure where you'd spend eternity? Do you know without a doubt that after you take your last breath, you'll be in the presence of Jesus Christ? If you don't know that, you can settle that today. Is there anyone that would say say in this crowd, Preacher, that's me. I don't have it settled. I don't know for sure. I can't say that if I drew my last breath, if my time ran out here, I... Don't know for sure I'd be in heaven. If that's you, would you let me pray for you? Would you simply raise your hand very quickly and let me pray for you and ask God to begin working in your life, speaking to your heart, encouraging you in the right direction. I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I don't have it settled. Pray for me, preacher. Anyone like that today? I don't have it settled. I don't know for sure. I can't say heaven would be my home. You're a child of God. How wisely are you spending your time? God gifted it to you. You're a steward of it. Will you spend it making a difference in eternity? Making a difference in the lives of others who will spend in eternity? In heaven or hell? I think there's a lot of wasted time in our lives. May we be wise with the time God's gifted. Father, bless us now in these next moments. May you bring to mind that area, that thing, that steals time from the mind or the heart or the hands of the believer. May we, Father, make it a point to invest time into you and your work, into our personal growth first and foremost, our growth in Christ, and then our growth as a worker on your behalf. Help us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.